Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. This is a pro wrestling show. I was about to say, you're a pro wrestling show. That doesn't make any sense. I don't even know what that means. Or if you are a pro wrestling show, I don't want to discriminate against you either. So you are a pro wrestling show. Good for you. What a very, very odd way to start a podcast. Anyway, happy Royal Rumble weekend. If you are gearing up for the Royal Rumble, which is happening tomorrow. I know we talked about it the other day. I'm still going to throw my toys out the pram about it. Much prefer it on a Sunday night, but I understand I'm on a lone island. And it's kind of, we did a podcast on what? Wednesday. Today is Friday. The amount of news that we could get into is absolutely nuts. But we shall go for the title of the show because I want people to be like, oh, when do you start talking about it? And in today's Wrestling Observer newsletter, there was a ton of tidbits, one of which was that apparently, allegedly, you know, say all these things, um, WWE John Laurinaitis reached out to Jeff Hardy a few weeks back and said, hey, do you want to come back to the company? Now, this is all speculation and rumor, but it sounded like Jeff Hardy wanted to see the results of a drug test and he turned it down and so on and so forth. I mean, my take on it, and again, it's my take, could be utterly wrong is that it certainly sounds like, well, one, there were no drugs involved, and I don't want to be that guy, but you know, at the time I was all like, maybe we should just kind of wait and see what's going to happen here. The most important thing is the health and happiness of one Jeff Hardy, but also two, and how they didn't know this before, is that somebody at WWE went, Do you know, he could re-team up with Matt in a couple of weeks, or whenever it's going to be, and they probably could have another few with the Young Bucks, and that's probably going to be pretty good. And I was like, yeah, that is going to happen. So it's an absolutely bizarre situation. And because we don't know all the details, I want to kind of skip around it a little bit. But I'm talking uh, generally, right? So we just talk about it on a general uh, plane. And I can't speak to this directly because I've never been addicted to drugs. I never had those kind of problems. But I do know people in my life that have. So I have somewhat of an experience about how difficult it can be. But again, I never tried to speak to that specifically. But if Jeff Hardy, after everything he's been through, and if you want a window into that, just check out his interview on Stone Cold Show on the podcast on the network. He really does go in deep with it. He, I think he kind of understands the, the bad times that he's had, that he doesn't want to go down the road again. And if there really was no you know, drug use at all, and that's what got out there, that is absolutely terrible. I said this on a What Culture video that may be live now or maybe live soon, so please do watch it. But you don't want to tar somebody with that brush when they've already been through that. You don't want to tar anyone, anybody with that brush. It's kind of one of those crazy things that makes me roll my eyes because let's give the benefit of the doubt to Jeff, which I think given all this we have to do. I don't know whether he frequents social media or not, but I can't even imagine what that must be like reading a bunch of uh, you know, details and info about yourself that you know is true just based off your past experiences. Now I get it. Some people go, well, you know, you don't, don't build a rod for your own back, essentially. But still, that doesn't make it any easier. You have to take these things in the context that they're presented to you. But it's absolutely mad. And I suppose the thing that's more interesting to discuss, because I'm sure more news will come out down the wire, it always does, is what should Def Hardy do? Because instantly on Twitter, I saw people going, he can never go back to WWE, or he has to go here, he has to go there. Jeff Hardy should go wherever the flub Jeff Hardy wants to go, right? I mean, 
He's been doing this, what, 30 years or whatever it may be. And he's given us a ton of good memories. So whatever is going to make him happy and whatever he's going to get, not even necessarily paid the most, but whatever he thinks he's being financially compensated for, that's where he should go. And I don't really understand why people care about this. If he goes to WWE, great. You can watch WWE. You can see him there. If he goes to AEW, same difference. Like Sami Zayn came out and talked about this in an interview this week. He recently resigned with the company and he got out there and somebody asked him about it. And he was like, yeah, everybody thinks it's all doom and gloom, but they don't... I'm I'm perfectly happy. I'm perfectly fine. I got offered a very good deal. I'm very happy. I feel valued by the company. This is what's best for my family. I'm like, yeah, great. That's what it should be about. And it doesn't mean you can't go, oh, I would love to have seen Sami Zayn versus Jungle Boy. Of course, dream match, fun. But you can do that with any wrestler in any kind of promotion. And I'm going to assume this is why Kevin Owens stayed. I'm sure that's why Seth Rollins stays and Roman Reigns, etc., etc. I like people being happy. And also, I'm going to watch both shows anyway. So I don't want all talent to be on one show because that's going to make the other show worse. I want there to be a nice balance. So I've tuned into Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Rampage, whatever the hell it may be. There is a smattering of incredible wrestlers that I can enjoy one way or another. But the Jeff Hardy thing surprised me. And kind of weirdly, like I say, it wasn't the Wrestling Observer newsletter. It was kind of just hidden. It was just like hitting three quarters of the way of the way down the page. So I read it every week because, of course, you know, we're, we're trying to make videos over at What Culture and you need, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't even think of the right word. But I think the problem is, is a lot of people think we're journalists. And I mean, some of us are. I'm certainly not. I don't consider myself a journalist at all. I'm a moron that talks on the Internet. But, you know, I want to discuss the things that the fans are discussing. And the Resting Observer newsletter is good for that for this very reason. You read it and all of a sudden you want to go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And that's how I felt when I read the Jeff Hardy stuff. More so because it does make the whole thing more confusing. I mean, we weren't there, so we don't know. If you were there, please hit me up at Simon316 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, at that house show where apparently he was acting strange. And of course, the conspiracy theory now is he did this to get out of his WWE contract. And maybe he did. I don't know. I very much doubt that. I'll never say 100% because, again, I have no idea. But it seems like a very risky thing to... And actually, I tell you what, the reason I don't think he did that, interrupting myself, is because, again, it tarnishes his reputation. If you know everybody is aware of your past and all of a sudden there's going to be all these stories saying, oh, he's done it again, nobody wants to go through that, especially because he's got a wife and kids. You don't want to do that just to get out of your contract. Surely there would be easier ways. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out over the next few weeks. But ultimately, I want the, the truth should set us all free. So I hope the truth can get out there so we can start making some decisions. And when did he get let go? Let's find out how long he's got until he can return to the company. Jeff Hardy released from WWE. Or Jeff Hard, as I've written. <laughs> Jeff Hard. My gosh, it was only the 3rd of January. If No, no, it wasn't. That's that's an old that's an old story. Thank goodness. There's no way it can only be a few. There we go. 9th of December. Much better. Oh my gosh. And it would also explain why he did decline rehab. Of course you would decline rehab if you knew you were clean. You'd probably be quite offended by it all. But again, I don't have all the details, so I don't have to talk about it. So we are coming up. 90 days is three months. We're coming up to two months, so we can't do anything until March ascent, basically. Is that right? 9th of December, 9th of January, 9th of February, so early March. All right, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, he will turn up somewhere. He's certainly not done. And hopefully by then we have some clarity. I think it would be good to have some clarity on all of this. And talking about clarity, worst segue ever, Danhausen <laughs> debuted on AEW. My word did this cause a storm. It is one of my favorite debuts in ages because I don't know who came up with this idea. I like to think it was Mr. Hausen. And that he said, look, character's a bit weird character's a bit out there we don't need a big entrance i just want to be under the ring during adam cole orange cassidy i want to be holding on to a chair and i want to pop out and go i which is what he did and my favorite thing is after he cursed adam cole which of course is what dan Housen does very nice very evil he just walked off 
<laughs> I thought that was absolutely fantastic. I really thought it was cool because we have seen every kind of debut possible. And a lot of them are great. We had lights out debuts, and we've had entrance debuts, and we've had interruption debuts, and running debuts, and through the crowd debuts, and who knows what else. I'm sure I'm missing some. And I'm sure we've had one like this, but it, my favorite thing, and this is the rant that I'm about to tie it into, is that it worked for the character. The character came first. So it served the character, which is what you should always do in wrestling. Like the worst, not the worst thing, but one of the worst things in wrestling is when you tell a story or you have a certain person and they don't act or react in the way that you would expect them to. It kind of breaks that fourth wall and it almost diminishes everything that we've done up until this point. And as ever, the people that don't understand Dan Housen went crazy. This time, the big argument was, well, if I go down to a Planet Fitness <laughs> or a gym and I walk up to someone and go, do you know who Danhausen is? They're going to say no. What a weird world you must live in. Like, seriously. And I did a tweet about this. Again, cheap plug, assignment of 316. I asked somebody at the gym and they knew who Danhausen was. Now, that person was me. But why do you care what anybody down the gym thinks? I mean, that's just mad. Especially in the 2022 world with streaming services and, you know, music services, etc. There will be bands out there that have huge followings. But in terms of talking to the person at the gym, nobody will have heard of them. And look, Danhausen has over 100,000 followers on Twitter. Danhausen sells a ton of merchandise. Danhausen has, well, now successfully got to AEW. And Tony Khan isn't going to do that for fun. He's not like, ha ha, funny, funny. <laughs> Let's just have a jolly with my company. No, he sees worth in him. And really, my big selling point with Danhausen, other than the fact that I just find him entertaining because he's so weird, is that it really does sum up exactly what professional wrestling should be. We talked about this when Orange Cassidy was doing his thing. And I hope they are going to do something there because, of course, he did interfere in his match technically. But when it comes to professional wrestling, there should be no boundaries, right? There should be a level of taste and you shouldn't step over that line. But if you want to come up with a character that collects teeth and if you want to come up with a character that paints their face and talks in somewhat broken English, you should be able to do it. And the only thing stopping you is the person running the promotion and the other people that you're working with in terms of what you can and can't do. And that's why I love it so much. It's just, it's a complete blank slate, right? It's a blank canvas and you can paint your picture or you can get out some chalk or you can just rub your body over it if you want to. And I don't think we should ever get away from that. And this doesn't mean you have to like Dan Housen. This doesn't mean you have to be happy that Dan Housen's in AEW. You're allowed your opinion. Maybe you prefer the serious side of wrestling. But I promise you this, if all of wrestling was serious all of the time, you would get massively bored. You just would. Wrestling has to be able to cater to everyone and everything at all times. And sometimes it does that more successfully than others. But some of my favorite memories are, we'll call it comedy wrestling, because that's a term everybody is familiar with. Like Santino Morella, often go back to his stuff. He makes me laugh. And there's a bunch of other people like that too. And I, I, I know that sometimes wrestling comedy doesn't hit because some people can't just can't just pull it off and again you may not find Dan Housen funny and I wouldn't say that I necessarily find every single thing that he does hysterical like it's not like that but I like to look at the human side too don't get me wrong I'm, I very much enjoy the character I think it comes completely out of left field and I'm all into that stuff but I like to look at the human side the uh, the independent the individual side and here is a guy who has successfully managed to work him into the you know I think it's fair to call it the number two promotion in the in the US, probably number one in some markets across the world, we'd have to look into that. And now he's going to have a deal. I presume like he's going to bring a completely different feel to the show. Maybe he's going to have a match with Adam Cole. I don't know. Maybe he's just going to go around cursing everybody. And I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. And it's, it's inspirational and it's motivating to show anybody that, you know, you can make it. And I bet you, I think he's like 31, 32 years old or something like that. So it's kind of, he's coming on in terms of when he would have started watching wrestling. I'm sure it was on the crest of the wave. 
but it's still yet another tick box away from 6'4", 225, 30, 40, 50 pounds. And I love those guys too, like I do. I don't want them to go away from wrestling. I would be devastated, but I thought it was a real joy to see Danhausen in there. And oh, the other one too was, he got a pretty damn good reaction. I think most people would have been happy with that. But then instantly, it was, it was like, oh well, yeah, but it wasn't 100% of the people. And you saw people having to explain to their friends who this was. Isn't that half the fun? Like, it's, it's almost when you show a movie to someone for the first time and it's a movie you really like, you almost watch them more than you watch a movie. And you get a bit annoying and you say, did you see that bit? Did you see that bit? But you want that same passion that you have for the film to transfer across to them. So as far as I'm concerned, and it's not going to work on a one-to-one basis, but as far as I'm concerned, the fact that he got that kind of reaction and then all these dudes and girls were trying to tell their other halves or friends or buddies, whoever they are, who this person was because they wanted them to understand the joy that just makes me happy and i'm never going to moan about it and that guess that is honestly any single person unless they have a bad track record or we we've con- you know we have evidence they're a bad person i don't want to see them you know being put in positions of opportunity but anybody else i i do not understand why you would be down on this i think aw has proved by now they're very good at balancing their books you know maybe they're overbalanced in the sense they can't get everybody on their on their tv right now he's not going to be the world champion. I mean, maybe one day in the future, if it makes sense, you should do it. Nothing should ever be off the table. But why you can't just enjoy this, I don't know. Especially after that episode of Dynamite, which I thought was fantastic. Admittedly, the um, the Layla Hirsch, who I'm a big fan of, and Red Velvet, who I also like a lot, I thought that match just didn't click. And it doesn't... I mean, look, I'm a wrestler. I've been in matches when I've got backstage. One of my last ones I had before my surgery. And you go backstage, and you just think, ah, man... And look, theirs wasn't that bad at all. I mean, that was an absolute uh, cluster, <laughs> courtesy of the old Simon Miller. But I'm sure they know the things they need to get better at. And I'm sure they also, well, hopefully, they pat themselves on the back for the things they're good at. But aside from that, I thought the entire episode of Dynamite was great. Like Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara in that ladder match. A lot of people have said it's one of the best ladder matches ever. I wouldn't deny that. I mean, I'm not going to say it's the best ever, because I think you need to give these things time to bed in and go back and watch them and compare and contrast. That's half the fun. But... I mean, what was bad about it? Like, where, where's the criticisms? And the cutter by Sammy Guevara onto Cody Rhodes from the top. I said on ups and downs, I'll say it here. It was perfect. And I don't mean that in a hyperbolic kind of a way. It was perfect. The way Cody took it, the way Sammy did the basically springboard off a ladder, the way he connected. I can't even imagine how that felt when they smashed into the mat. But I loved that. Even the delayed standing suplex, not sure I've ever seen that in a ladder match before. Uh, the senton, I think it was, through the ladder, although the ladder didn't break. I mean, there was so much stuff going on. I'm never going to be able to recount all of it, but I thought it was tremendous. Love the fact that Sammy Guevara won. So he's now officially a two-time TNT champion. You know, was that always the plan? Did we did it because Cody got ill and we had to move pieces around the board? But either way, it was the right thing to do. And I think Sammy has come out of all of this feeling like a bigger star, which is somewhat crazy because during that TNT title reign, people are like, it's rubbish. I don't like it as much. Well, for me now, it feels like he cemented himself at, at the next place. And Cody is just the best. I love Cody Rhodes. He is one of my favorite wrestlers. I love his character. I love the way he talks. He did a backstage promo afterwards. Um, I think it was digital exclusive or online exclusive, or maybe it's going to wear somewhere. He just, he's, he's got a way about him. And there's a lot of people that go, oh, he's like Triple H. And he's not like Triple H. He's like John Cena. And I mean that in a positive, positive way. He completely knows who he is. He completely knows what kind of impression he wants to put out there. And he's going to be loyal to it, to literally quite steal a, uh, a catchphrase from, from John Cena. I mean, he really, really is. I look forward to everything that he's going to do. I don't know what his next feudal angle is going to be. And I just think he's a really motivational dude. But this, this always happens, right? You either live, uh, you're a dire hero, live long enough to see yourself become the villain. But when he did leave WWE in 2016, I think we all appreciated him betting on himself. And look what he did. 
Like, you can argue there is no AEW without Cody Rhodes in terms of it coming together. Maybe there would be a different kind of company, but he was a huge factor in that, along with a lot of other people as well, of course. But yeah, the fact that he walked out on a gig he probably would have had for life, given his family lineage, although with the recent cuts, who the hell knows? I, I'm just, as you can probably tell, I'm gushing over him now, but I'm just a massive fan and I don't even care. Now I can't remember what else happened on Dynamite because I closed my stupid, uh, what do you call it, um, notes that I have here. I mean, that ladder match stole the show. There's no two ways about it at all. Continuing on everything with CM Punk, Wardlow, Sean Spears, and MGF. Also one of the best feuds that's going in wrestling right now. It just makes all the sense as far as I'm concerned. Wardlow eventually will turn. And we're doing CM Punk versus MGF next week in Chicago. I don't know how that's going to go. Because if Maxwell Jacob Friedman beats CM Punk, that is huge for him. But then you're also putting a loss on CM Punk's record. Now, does it massively matter? No, he's CM Punk. You could give him a promo next week and we'd all, we'd all move on from it pretty quickly. But I kind of don't feel like this is the payoff. I feel like there's something else up our sleeves. What that is, I don't know. Maybe we try and get to the Revolution pay-per-view. Or maybe actually the focus of all this is to turn Wardlow face. So maybe that's what happens next week instead. We, don't, we get somewhat of a finish and it's Punk winning, but maybe Wardlow does something to MJF. I don't know. And that's the other criticism people have. Man, this is a negative episode. But, you know, the other criticism is that, oh, we're featuring Wardlow too much. How can you feature a young up-and-comer too much? That's what we haven't done enough with of wrestling. I don't think it takes away. CM Punk and MJF are stars as far as I'm concerned for as long as they want to be stars. So as we are going, let's utilize the talents of Sean Spears, which we are doing, and let's turn Wardlow into this absolutely massive babyface and we may even decide to hold off on that for for six more weeks which i personally think would be too long i kind of feel like the time is now to do it but i love the fact that he's been inserted into this and you have to imagine eventually it's going to end up with cm punk and mjf versus wardlow and sean spears and what a rub that is for wardlow so i thought that was really good he can he destroyed a couple of guys and later on we had the promo off between punk and mjf those guys just know what they're doing and i saw an interesting paul Heyman quote this week when he was like you know when the novelty wears off in a year 18 months whatever it will be we will then find out you know where cm punk exists in the order of wrestling right now i kind of i disagree with that a little bit i think he, he could ride on this way for as long as he wanted but i don't think he will because he's never been that kind of person and I think once the novelty has gone and he is just a guy in AEW, not in a bad way, just because we're used to it, I think he will go heel. And I think it will I think he'll take himself up to another level, which is also kind of crazy because, you know, you go back and you watch that reaction from last November, December, whenever it was on Rampage when he debuted. And in that moment, nobody would have been like, oh, I'll boo this, boo this guy soon. But he's already laying the seeds. You can hear it by the things that he said. He always rags on New York sports teams. And yes, MJF is from there, but he knows what he's doing. So when we finally yeah, use it as a jumping off platform, I think it's going to be great. I really like CM Punk too. CM Punk to me is in that Cody Rhodes territory. Just so much respect. So much respect. Also had Daniel Garcia in 2.0. I just want to put them over right now. Those three guys, absolutely awesome. They're, Matt and Jeff. I mean, I've just realized I have the same name as the Hardy Boys. Never never thought of that before. But they deserve everything. They are so damn entertaining. And Daniel Garcia is a star in the making. Take it on Chris Jericho and Santana and Ortiz. I mean, we went full in with this. I didn't see the finish coming. Obviously, Jericho hit the Judas effect to help his quote-unquote friends win. But the fact that Eddie Kingston wasn't here and the fact that Santana and Ortiz did not want to play ball with, with Jericho, I think we should, yeah, we should do it. Let's draw a line under the inner circle. I mean, Sammy Guevara doesn't need it anymore. Don't know where Jack, Jake Hagar is. So it's mostly these three anyway. I would separate them and I would, I wouldn't necessarily say you're going to turn Santana and Ortiz heel, but move them away from Chris Jericho and maybe even do a feud between them all and let those guys join Eddie Kingston. Then hopefully they can get back into the tag team scene. 
2022, the proud and the powerful absolutely need to win the championships. And maybe it's Chris Jericho going back heel. I don't know. Like people obviously love singing along to his song, but he's been a babyface now for what, two years? And some people would argue that he's better as a bad guy. I think I'd probably be in that camp. Doesn't mean he's not great as a good guy, he is. But I think if I had to choose either one, I think Jericho as a, as a villain is much more appealing to me, or I think I find it more entertaining. And maybe it is time to switch him back. Also, you could do Hangman Adam Page versus Chris Jericho, which is no bad thing because Hangman Adam Page would likely win that, especially because they fought in the end of the uh, tournament to crown the first world champion. And that's another name on the list. So, you know, he would have taken out Brian Danielson. I assume he's going to beat Lance Archer. They're doing that Texas death match. Take out Chris Jericho. I, I don't know whether he's going to have a rematch with Kenny Omega, but obviously he could, uh, he could do that again. That's another one, uh, which he's already got, obviously. You know, that's already on there. And I'm going to assume he has a big feud with Adam Cole too. So if he takes out all those names, that ain't no bad thing as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Really like everything with the House of Black. That's all you need to know. If the House of Black are doing anything, I'm in. Britt Baker's promo was great. No interruptions. Just shone the light on her, which we should do. And we've kind of talked about the Lights Out match. Well, we talked about the, 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 the Dan House and stuff. But I like that Lights Out match. Like, it wasn't as brutal or as crazy as some of them have been, but that's okay. I think that it's best to always make sure you offer something different. And they, the other problem as well is we've been spoiled because they still did absolutely crazy stuff. I mean, the bump off the end, go watch how Adam Cole fell. That goes to show how dangerous it can be. I mean, we had a cup with some pins in it, some thumbtacks. That's nuts. People were being thrown through tables. But because we see people get set on fire and we see blood, we just think it has to be that all the time. But it doesn't. It was just an absolute brawl with no rules. And <laughs> ties into more moaning on the internet, which is what people seem to do. And me, because I'm moaning at the moaners. Um, but everyone was like, oh, Orange Cassidy shouldn't have beaten Adam Cole. Unbelievable. How can we take him seriously anymore? Who the flub cares? Uh, do you not think Adam Cole is having the time of his life? Look at him. <laughs> Go look at his face. He's absolutely loving it. I, don't, I really... I really, 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 really don't think he has any uh, qualms about losing to Orange Cassidy. And why should he? Orange Cassidy's a really popular wrestler. And everyone says, oh, we can't take him seriously. Once again, that's your prerogative. I can take him seriously. Of course I can. He's a dude that half the time doesn't care. But if you really piss him off or put him in some kind of hardcore match, <laughs> that, that always winds him up. He comes alive and he fights. And you know, that part halfway through the match or towards the end where he really fired up, I loved it. And I just... I never think anything should be off the table with people winning or losing. Didn't the Hurricane beat The Rock once? I get confused. I'm pretty sure he did. And you could argue it there too. But you need, you need those little things. And I don't think it's going to affect Adam Cole at all, especially not from a storyline point of view because of the rankings and how it doesn't count. And I do think once he's done with Lance Archer, it'll be Hangman and Page versus Adam Cole. And I think that'll be a great match. So no problem with Orange Cassidy, uh, Cassidy winning. And also, it's different. In AEW, this is going to piss people off, but it's true. But WWE does so many flub finishes, you need people to go on mini runs. And you need that in AEW too. But because you know you're going to go back to, you know, clean wins and clean losses, that does allow you more leeway in, in, in AEW because it, it just does. Like, if Sheamus and Ricochet, it's never the same because Sheamus wins all the matches. But if Sheamus and Ricochet go 50-50-50-50-50-50, you're like, well, no one's really getting ahead here. Whereas... And that doesn't really work, actually. That's that's the wrong kind. Of, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm talking about DQs and distractions, and we don't really do that in the Sheamus matches. But my point is, when it ends in DQ, I don't even feel like anybody's won lost anyway. So even Adam Cole lost here, if he comes back and wins next week, I'm like, okay, well, he may have lost to Orange Cassidy, but he's back on a roll. Basically, I'm watching it like sports, and I would, uh, you know, there's plenty to enjoy about WWE right now. I, I really do think their build to the Rumble's been very good. Like I said, I thought Raw was excellent. I think SmackDown later on will be good too. 
But when you have a lot of nonsense, all the finishes feel like nonsense. And I don't think um, we should be doing that. Right. Turn off your radio if you don't want spoilers for the Royal Rumble. Because there are a few names that have been going around. All of these are rumoured. So, you know, don't hold out. But uh, I saw them and I thought they were interesting to talk about. Melina in the Women's Rumble kind of seems likely because her name keeps popping up and people have seen her in St. Louis, so that kind of makes sense. Apparently, um, Aksana is is going to be there. Now, she hasn't been in, in WWE since 2014, so that's kind of fascinating. Not 100% sure what the idea there is. I mean, I don't think she was in WWE for that long either, like five years. Or, I, can't, I don't even remember what she looks like. I remember her name. Let's find her. Oh, yes, I do remember her. So, I mean, pff, I mean, why not, right, I suppose. But it's an interesting one. And obviously, we talked about Ronda Rousey from the other day. That is gaining steam. So that will be interesting. Oscar apparently is cleared to return. I'm kind of twofold about bringing her back in the Rumble, if that is the case. Because obviously, if you come back in the Rumble and then you don't win it. Well, it depends if you have another feud ready and waiting. Like if somebody cool throws her out and then we build to that, you know, no harm, no foul. But otherwise, I think you can wait because you don't want to overshadow her. So we'll see about that. But otherwise, Shane McMahon apparently is in the mix, which I actually wouldn't mind, you know. The only problem with Shane McMahon is when he was on TV, he was on TV all the time. And after a while, it got a little bit, I don't want to say insufferable. That's, that's too much. But it's like anything. It's the law of diminishing returns. After a while, you know, it's just this too much. I just need a break, right? I need a break. I need to, I need to calm this down a, a, a little bit. But I would pop for him to come back. You know, I, I like Shane McMahon in fits and bursts in the same way that I like anybody in, in that sense. You just don't want to do it too much. So that would be cool for me. I would enjoy it. I mean, he may win the thing, which is uh, which is a little bit worrying. Uh, Bad Bunny was one that was doing the rounds. That would be cool too. Massively respected what he did at last year's WrestleMania. Was it last year? I think it was. So yeah, I mean, why not? You know you're going to get people to tune in, especially on social media, which is something, which is a metric they're interested in. Um, we'll end with that one. Kairi Sane was also on the list. That may be difficult because I swear getting in and out of Japan is kind of hard, but she is under contract to WWE. Maybe she could do a zoom running <laughs> i'm an idiot can you imagine how bad that would be it's like gtv and all of a sudden on the on the on the big screen <laughs> no just move on shut up simon uh, and gunther and sorry I'm, I'm calling him walter we're not calling him gunther walter and brum breaker also apparently being called into st louis but that's along with a lot of nxt dark guys although if you want to throw them in there i tell you do brum breaker and gunther in there they each throw out two or three people this will never happen and then they throw each other out to set up a feud on NXT or whatever they want to do. I'd be okay with that. As long as they have somewhat of uh, well, just some momentum. And it's not somebody was in from NXT was in it once. And then she got in there in five minutes. They were out of there. And they didn't do anything. I was like, what's the point in that? How does that help anything? You're literally quite telling people that NXT is the third brand. Which is true. But I don't think you should be, you know, should be waving a flag about it. And the final one is that Kurt Angle's name is flipping up all over the place. Now... It does sound like he's quite beaten down these days for obvious reasons. But with that said, it's the Raw Rumble. It's smoke and mirrors up the 2-9. So he can come out. He can do his entrance. He can get a big pop. I would love it. I love Kurt Angle. He's great. And then he could do a little something with someone, maybe a Chad Gable. He could even throw Chad Gable out, to be honest. I know people are going to melt down to that. But Gable will sell it so well. And you could probably do the Sid Hogan thing when he then pulls him out. And then you want a feud is the problem. Yeah, that would actually suck because I want them to fight and they probably won't. But as long as everyone is safe, 
Anamai Kurt Angle being in the Royal Rumble. And even if we do add all those in, I still think there's spaces for some, some surprises. Maybe get a Honky Tonk Man. Maybe you get a Repo Man in My Wildest Dreams. Never going to happen. Mostly because the Demolition were part of the concussion lawsuit. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't think they're in WWE's best books. However, stranger things have happened, so, so that would rock. So... Maybe seeing those guys in the Royal Rumble, which would be fine by me. And another kind of interesting news, but I'm going to imagine most people don't care. WWE has signed up with Disney to air the WWE Network in Indonesia. Now, that's cool. Good for Indonesians. But, you know, it is business between WWE and Disney. And a lot of people think Disney will buy WWE. Nick Khan did come out recently in a call and say, well, you know, we're not trying to sell, but it will always take calls. I could see a world where Disney buys it. I mean, they bought everything else and they have a lot of cash. And my biggest intrigue is what does WWE under Disney look like? Because you'd have to imagine they would do what they did for Star Wars and they'd do what they do for Marvel. I mean, why wouldn't you? They've been so successful. It seems crazy that you wouldn't try to try to replica- replicate that. And maybe it would be for the best. I don't know. I mean, I love Marvel films. So, and Star Wars is an interesting, I mean, the Mandalorian rocks and the new trilogy that they made, you know, fits and bursts. That's <laughs> bursts, I should say. I do like them more than most. I understand the criticism of the Luke Skywalker character. I really, really do. But as a man that also enjoys things coming completely out of left field, I thought it was I thought it was great. But again, not what you probably should be doing to prolong the franchise and, and tie into things. But it did make me laugh a lot. And if I laugh, I tell you, I, I, I'm all good. Uh, I think there's not really much more to say about that. Do I actually think Disney will buy them? No, I think NBC would probably be in a better position because, again, they've been working with WWE for years. But it depends what happens with Fox. Like SmackDown does very well on Fox. I think this week, even though it was like lowest in viewers, it was one or two when it comes to the 1849 rating or demo, which people do love. And these contracts aren't up for another two years anyway. Or at least the negotiating begins in two years. So also, I don't care. As long as it's on my television and I can watch it and people are happy, who, who gives a flub? Also enjoyed Miz and MJF sending praise to each other. I like that. The Miz was asked about Maxwell Jacob Freeman in an interview and said he's great. And MJ said, replied, uh, MJF replied saying he's great too. So that was nice. And I I think uh, Dominic Mysterio did that too. He was doing an interview and talking about people he'd like to fight outside of WWE. And he mentioned Hook, of course, and Hook. And he mentioned uh, Phoenix and Pentagon and a bunch of other people. I like the fact that people talk about this stuff. I don't think it should be cloak and dagger. I think that makes you feel ridiculous. I don't think anybody is going to hear one interview and go, oh, I'm going to go watch AEW now. Unless, of course, it's Chris Jericho and Steve Austin's show, different kind of situation. And I really, I, I, I always thought it was stupid when we acted like there was only one wrestling company. It's like you're almost being talked down to. Like We all sit around going, well, we know there's loads more. Why aren't? Why are we pretending otherwise? And it's just because arrogance i suppose or fear to a certain extent or wwe wanting to be the the only game in town which it would never work anyway look how great gcw is right now with the hammerstein ballroom show uh, i think he i think fight tv came out and said it was a huge success and i watched a little bit of it i need to i will watch the whole thing eventually and of course there's teething problems there but it's a it's a brand new promotion and i just thought it was great to have two and a half thousand people in a place rocking rolling doing its thing and I think that's the coolest thing about wrestling right now. No matter what you're into, there is something you can watch. If you don't like WWE, AEW, vice versa is the same. If you don't like either of them, you can watch Impact, which is a good show, you know. It really is. You can watch Ring of Honor when it comes back. You can come like watch Terminus, which is like Ring of Honor pure, but all the time. Uh, you can watch GCW. I mean, I think Defy out west in America is is really, really big. And I mean, PWG obviously out there is, but there's tons. Like there's, there's absolutely tons. And there's good New York promotions as well, like Battle Pro. So this... 
this is why i mean it also goes to show that it's easier to burn out when it comes to wrestling because you have so much content that you can fall down the well very easily i mean we've talked about this and i want to go over it again but if you plan to watch everything that wwe is airing over the next few days you know uh, sorry not wwe uh, but wwe and aew you've got two hours of smackdown you got one hour of rampage and the raw the rumble is going to be four i suppose so it's like seven hours seven hours of content over a weekend i'll be watching it all of course because i'm a lucky pup so you do need to pick and choose, which is also, I'm going off on one now, but there's still these people out there. Like I saw people arguing about it on Twitter the other day, which isn't a real place. So why I bother, I don't know. But you're not a real fan because you don't like insert completely niche promotion here. What? Like, why, why do you want to live in that world? I don't want to live in that world. I really, really, really don't. Like New Japan, sometimes I watch it. Sometimes I don't watch it. Yeah, it's fine. It is what it is. I don't think it makes me more or less of a fan. I mean, that would be absolutely, uh, absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, that, that doesn't even matter. Last thing I want to talk about before we do go is there was a report in, I think it was the newsletter as well, Wrestling Observer, um, that there's no plans for Triple H to return to NXT or any creative work because of his health issues that he had last year. Now, if that could change, obviously, if he gets better. Uh, it seems like sure, everyone said that Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon are running NXT 2.0. It sounds like it's actually Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is in control of it which is kind of fascinating, really, given his history with the company. But that may make you feel better in terms of what uh, NXT 2.0 will be. And that's a that's a show that I don't really watch anymore. And not because I don't necessarily like it, but because it just got to the point where something had to give and they moved in a direction. And I was kind of like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. And that's okay, I think. And, you know, do I always make sure I keep up on it? Of course, I watch highlights, I read things. And when I know there's a pay-per-view coming up, I make sure I watch the last episodes in case we're doing an ups and downs. But you don't have to run yourself into the ground with this stuff. That would be ridiculous. You shouldn't be a fan to spite yourself and others. That's insane. Anyway, point is that Triple H may return, but right now he's not. And that's fine. Health and happiness are more importantly, going back to bookend this podcast, same with Jeff Hardy. These are real people that have cool jobs, but it's a high-stress, dre- high high-pressure situation, so they should be doing anything they possibly can to protect their mental and physical well-being. I do hope that Triple H is able to come back soon. Always one of my favorite wrestlers. We've talked about that on the podcast here a lot. And it's kind of crazy we haven't seen him in so long. I mean, by this time, usually we'd have seen him on conference calls and uh, who knows what else, especially leading into the Rumble. So all the best to him and everything like that. Otherwise, I think that's what we have to talk about today. Uh, I was going to do some questions, but I feel like we will do them next week instead because we smashed some out on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it was. But yes, make sure you enjoy the Royalist Rumbles. If you have any crazy uh, superstitions, superstitions, any ideas, do let me know. Otherwise, what else do you do? Thank you to my patrons, patreon.com, force Simon of 316. I massively appreciate every single one of you. Come give me a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Simon of 316. Check out my YouTube channel, search for Simon Miller. You can also go to grillamind.com, force Simon, just go to Simon, get 10% off if you are into fitness. Uh, I'm on Cameo if you want to shout out so I can just look into a phone and yell at you for a while. SimonMillerTheBigCartel.com for merchandise. And I think that's it. Again, ups and downs on what culture wrestling tomorrow for Rampage and SmackDown. Always love Saturday mornings. My word of their roller coaster of craziness. And then ups and downs to the Royal Rumble on Sunday. Also, if you are in the Uoval area at the Westlands Arena uh, on Sunday, UPW comes down defending my UPW, excuse me, my BLW title against the Bruce which is my return to a wrestling ring. So that will be fun. Come boo me and tell me that I'm an asshole. Otherwise, I hope you're all doing very well. Thank you for giving me your time. We did get two episodes in this week. We will get two episodes in next week too, unless I fall over and just hurt myself, which could happen. You take care of yourself. Enjoy the Royal Rumble, and I'll talk to you next week to review the damn Royal Rumble. (laughs) 